This podcast is intended for adult audiences. Over the age of 18, it contains adult language and situations. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to us, and not of any employer, organization, committee, or other group or individuals. This podcast is not intended to be taken as professional advice. Welcome to the Swing Nation Podcast, a podcast by swingers for swingers, where we look to educate others and push back on the negative stigmas and misconceptions associated with our lifestyle. Come with us and share our pineapple journey as we travel the globe, interview the experts, learn and grow together. Join the nation. Lacey, we get approached by couples all the time, and they want to know, like, where can they learn the 101s of non-monogamy? Yeah, I totally get it. You want to get in the lifestyle, but you just don't know where to start. We recommend Sex by Sue's class on non-monogamy. She really helps couples learn how to communicate and do the lifestyle the correct way. Yeah, I think this lifestyle, you know, it's crucial not to, to step on the landmines that a lot of us do, you yeah. know, and you kind of learn the hard way, you know. So having a class that you can take online, you know, in the privacy of your own home and kind of learn the ins and outs, learn, you know, how to approach the lifestyle, how to communicate with your partner about it, um, you know, I think it's something worth taking and uh, we highly recommend it. Yeah, so click below in the show notes. You'll find this link for that course. Check it out, guys. Bye. Bye. Most people have unprotected oral sex, right? Be honest. Now think about your last STD test. Did your doctor tickle your throat with something that looked like a giant Q-tip? Probably not. Yet that's the only way to check for oral gonorrhea or chlamydia, which are often asymptomatic. You need a better doctor. You need shamelesscare.com. Use coupon code TSN at checkout. So Lacey, people are asking, how do they get to go to a party or an event with us? They check out swingersociety.net, you create a profile, you sign up for an event, and you come hang out with us. It's super easy. That's right. If you want to party with us and the other faces and names that you know from social media and TikTok, head on over to swingersociety.net. Can't wait to see you there. Hey there, pineapple people, and welcome to the Swing Nation podcast. We are your hosts, Northern Guy. And Southern Girl. In today's podcast episode, we have a special guest with us here today, Dr. Bawa. She's an internet sensation, uh, better known as Dr. Sex Fairy, and she's an expert in sexual health and wellness and specializes in pain-free treatment to re- uh, revitalize your sex life. I think I got all that out correctly. That was a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> welcome, Dr. Bawa. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to join you both. Uh, yeah, so I spent a lot of the night uh, looking into you and your life. And, you, you know, I want to first say you're you're a fascinating and very impressive woman. Um, and I wanted to, you know, before we kind of get into your, your sexual um, treatments and stuff like that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your life, if you're okay with doing that. Absolutely. Uh, so from what I read, you grew up in India. Uh, and you went to school for English literature. So I'm very curious on how somebody goes from an English lit major uh, in in India to a sexual wellness, wellness doctor in America. How does that transition happen? Well, it's definitely been a wild ride, my friend. So I started out 
being an English major, actually got two degrees in English literature, one in India, one in the U.S. And since medicine was always a passion of mine, I applied to and was accepted into medical school, went into residency training at the Cleveland Clinic for emergency medicine of all things, not sexual medicine of any kind. But, you know, sex took me to the ER uh, is a show that everybody's heard about. And clearly, I saw a lot of that in my own career. And I saw a lot of things go very wrong. And I started to ask myself questions like, where are these people going for their medical care? Is anybody helping them? I mean, what's wrong with our system? And that's really how my brand of sexual wellness began. That's that's fascinating. Um, so, I, you know, growing up in India, you know, you're, you're, you see, I see you on TikTok. I see I listen to you on the, your podcast. You're very open about talking about, you know, sexual things, you know, from penis size to vagina size to how to grow your penis, all these things. You know, is, is, is are people more open in India? Is that is that a taboo in America? It seems like that's a very taboo subject to talk about. I mean, did you grow up being more having those kind of conversations or how did you really get comfortable with that and talking about sexuality and sexual things? Well, you know, India is not necessarily very open about it, but it isn't repressed either. So I grew up in a very open family, not that my parents were doing anything scandalous, but my parents were very upfront about sex and sexuality. And my dad and I would often joke about things. My mother would roll her eyes. So that's really where it began. So it wasn't a hush-hush thing. We weren't allowed to be promiscuous, don't get me wrong, but, you know, we could laugh about it. And the humor I saw in my own family growing up freed me up to be open about it and even laugh about it as an adult. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's an important message. You know, I mean, I, there's so many people that are afraid to have these conversations, you know, with their kids or, or with anybody. And, you know, then they turn to things like the Internet to learn about this kind of stuff. And, you know, um, I think if we could all be a little more open and have conversations with people, it might, you know, it might help everybody to be uh, more open about these kind of things. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, in looking into your your past, I, I see that uh, you were diagnosed with breast cancer, um, and then you know once you were diagnosed, you decided to do something a little uh, un unconventional, and you entered in the Miss Florida pageant. Is that is that correct? That's right. I am an unconventional girl in many ways, my friend. So <laughs> when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it irritated me that people had so many preconceived notions about what I should and should not do. I was already in aesthetics. I was already something of a well-known public figure by then. And my friends told me that I should own my hair loss and that I would be something of a hero for cancer patients if I shaved my hair off and donated it to charity. Now, I do a lot of philanthropic work in my life, but donating my hair shouldn't be part of it, in my opinion. And I decided that I was going to do the exact opposite of what was expected of me. And because people told me that I would lose my looks, I would lose my hair, all of that, I decided to do something absolutely scandalous. And I went and signed up for Miss Florida, the beauty pageant at the age of 42. And then a month after my mastectomy, I walked on stage with very short hair, no extensions, no wig. I wore a dress intentionally that showed my scars. And I won Miss Florida at the age of 43, much to everybody's surprise. And That's my amazing. Own. That's amazing. That is amazing. I mean, I'm sure that inspired so many people that were dealing with that you know, type of... I hope so, because people wanted me to inspire people to own their hair loss. Instead, I decided to inspire them to feel beautiful and to not let cancer get in the way of hopes and dreams, because I think that 
cancer patients often start to look at their wills and make arrangements of that kind. I just refused to think that was an option, and I had a very aggressive cancer. But I think a large part of me um, winning my fight with cancer was the fact that I had a very positive outlook on it. And I'm not saying that there are people who are dying who don't have a positive outlook on it. All I'm saying is that in my particular case, fighting it mentally was more important than even fighting it medically. I had very aggressive chemotherapy, but my fight mentally was even harder. Yeah, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to even imagine, you know, going through chemo and going through those treatments and then somehow finding the time to go get on a stage and, and, and you know, do everything. I'm sure there's, I, I've never been in a beauty pageant. I think Lacey's been in a, mm-hmm. in a couple, but I know there's a lot that goes into that. Um, so the willpower it must take to, you know, get out of essentially a medical bed and then go get on a stage. Um, that's yes, super. you know, I was, I agree. And, you know, yes, I was fresh out of very, very big surgery. And yes, my sons had to actually buckle my shoes because I couldn't bend forward and do it. And my friend had to zip up my dress because I couldn't move my arms behind my back to do it myself. But I think any other year, it wouldn't have meant as much. And that's why I'd never entered a beauty pageant before, because it never meant anything to me. And I was really doing nothing for the world around me. But by doing this, I hope I inspired people, not only those with cancer, but those facing adversity of any kind. Yeah. I'm inspired and I don't have cancer. So <laughs> thank you. I love I love that. Well, my sister died of cancer at 25 and I can't imagine her being in a beauty pageant, you know, shortly after a surgery. That's a huge feat. So my hat's off to you. That's very impressive. Thank you. Okay, so you you mentioned the, the you know the TV shows like uh Sex Took Me to the ER and you talked a little bit about being an, an ER doctor. Um it, you know, are people going to the ER because they have things stuck places and because they've done things. Is that really as common as, as it sounds like it is? Is that is that a real issue that ER doctors are dealing with every day? Oh, yes. I have seen everything from vibrators still vibrating up people's butts to people coming in with vaginal lacerations from toys. Um, I'm not saying toys are unsafe, but they must be used safely and some actually can be unsafe. So I felt that, my goodness, somebody needs to educate people about all this. And it didn't look like anybody really was, not a medical doctor anyway. Yeah, and that, that would be my next question is, you know, Sorry. Is, is, is it a lack of, no, 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 over? no, I think that's, that's perfect. I think, that, you know, the question is, is that due to a lack of education? Is it because we're not talking about, you know, sex and sex toys and how to use them properly? You know, is it just people are just trying to figure it out on their own? Is that why you think things like that are happening? I think it's a few different reasons. I think even in today's day and age in modern day America, And, you know, we call ourselves the greatest country on earth, yet so much of what we do is hush-hush. So much of what we want to do is embarrassing to us because we don't want to be judged. Now, when it comes to sex toys, people don't talk about them. Doctors certainly don't bring them up with their patients. Gynecologists, unfortunately, and many of them are going to be very hateful towards me for saying this, but many of them are not discussing whether sex is painful, whether... People are using sex toys. What kind of sex toys is just not part of, you know, the consultation process. And I think that if doctors mentioned it more, if there was a little more education about it, and if the sex toy companies themselves educated more, some are starting to do that. And it's really nice to see. But, you know, usually it's just muddy pictures and, you know, a vibrator. They're not telling you how to use it, um, how it's actually a sexual health aid 
And if they did that, my goodness, more people would actually buy sex toys. Because, you know, if you look at a vibrator and a woman's vagina, with the vibrations, it's bringing more blood flow into the vaginal area. That's a very good thing for anti-aging your vagina. What? I didn't know that. I didn't. I would have never have thought of that. Lacey Hitmus has a very, a very, very young <laughs> vagina. Then. Uh, I'm just thinking about like getting off, not about. <laughs> <laughs> not about how it yeah. affects the, the wellness yeah. of your vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's probably the first time I've ever heard that. that it's a, a great point. A then. vibrator can do that. So, And I, also for men. Let's not forget our, our men because you can't always have sex as often as you want. And having a male masturbator is a great tool to have so that you don't get carpal tunnel, right? <laughs> hey, I support that as well. Yeah. Uh, See? Okay. So, so the moniker Dr. Sex Fairy is, is a very interesting uh, title to have earned. Um, where, where does that come from? Well, you know, my patients would always say, my goodness, Dr. Bhava, your treatments are magic. And they'd talk about my magic dust, fairy dust, things like that. And then one day I was sitting with my PRP rep. I buy everything, usually Indian, American, or German. And I just want high quality in whatever I'm using. So I was sitting with my PRP rep and she said, why are you buying so many PRP kits? Are you really doing that much microneedling? And I said, haven't you heard, darling? I'm the sex fairy. (laughs) And then I had a eureka moment. I was like, that's it. I'm Dr. Sex Fairy. I love and it. And the rest is history. Yeah. And, and if you Google that, you can find her um, pretty much everywhere uh, under that under that name. Yes. In fact, I Googled myself the other day and I think I had 65 million hits. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> crazy, huh? Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, so, you know, being a medical doctor, you, starting off as an ER doctor, and obviously you've made this turn towards, you know, sexual health and wellness. Uh, was that risky for you? Is is that, you know, being a doctor and talking openly about sex and, and talking about things like, you know, penile enlargement, is that a risk? Was that a risk to you and your profession? You know, are there people that looked at you um, because of that? Is there a stigma that kind of surrounds that? Yes and no. What's happening is that when I started out, people asked me if I'd lost my mind. They asked me why I would take a career like mine. And literally, somebody once said to me, throwing it down the shitter by talking about sexuality and by having the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast. And I couldn't understand it because I feel that I'm still doing what I was meant to do when I was when I was hooded at my medical school graduation. It was about serving people. And I do believe I'm serving people now. But there was some stigma attached to it because people couldn't understand why a Cleveland Clinic trained doctor would do this. Yet here I am. And now the tide is actually turning because now I am getting referrals from institutions that people actually go to thinking, if nothing else works, I'll go there. And now those people are referring patients to me. I had somebody the other day in my office that was referred to me by Yale. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. And is it Thank because you. big, you know, big organizations like that are, are afraid to to kind of venture into this this space? Is that is that why that you're the kind of the, the, the go to at this point? I think I'm doing some very different forms of treatment. A lot of these large institutions are keeping their ED treatments stuck to, you know, the Viagra Cialis category. And some of them are telling men to do trimix, and I'm doing none of that. 
So my take on it is entirely different. And initially it was very scandalous to a lot of medical doctors, but now I think they're starting to think about how maybe I'm onto something. And I think that's really where the change is starting with what I'm doing. That's, that's amazing. All right. So at what point, you know, so, okay, you're an ER doctor. Um, it sounds to me like you start venturing into some of this, you know, sexual re- rejuvenation, some of the PRP ser- therapies and things like that. Um, what inspired you, I guess, to go public on um, social media? Uh, you have almost a million followers on TikTok. Um, your your podcast uh, has hit the number one in the sexuality um, category on Apple several times. You're obviously an internet sensation. W- at what point did you decide to to really open up in this about this and go public on on social media? Well, you know, it's it's a funny question you ask me. Um, about two years ago, I made a little image on Canva with a man looking into his underwear. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't one of those cheap images, but it was kind of funny. At least I thought it was funny. (laughs) And I put on it, want a bigger penis, question mark. And then I put Bava Medical Boca Raton and my phone number. And I went up to my assistant and I said, I think if I post this, there's really no walking away from this again. And I'm going to do it. And she laughed and she said, oh, God, help us. (laughs) And that was that. That very day, I got a call from New York, and then I started the podcast, and now it has turned into something of a movement where I would say 90% of my patients are flying in from somewhere. That's crazy. Yeah, so you posted that that image onto TikTok? Is that is that where you posted it? I posted it on Instagram, and surprisingly, uh-huh. it wasn't kicked off Instagram. <laughs> and <laughs> That is surprising to us. Yeah. <laughs> I said, want a bigger penis, and that was it. And then I was on Instagram for a while, and my account didn't do a whole lot, but I still kept doing a lot of work in my office. And then people started to talk about it. And then one day I was asked why I didn't have TikTok, and I said, those aren't my people. And I was told, well, you clearly don't know your people. And I stand corrected because I was an overnight success on TikTok. And I think my very first video overnight had about a hundred and something thousand views. And that was that. And we were, we were off to the races. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, when Lacey first started on TikTok, I think it was something like her second or third video when, you know, two, 300,000 overnight, like, or something like that. And it just, the whole thing just blew up out of control. And I think it's, it's a similar thing. You know, we were one of the first ones, I think, to start talking about openly about swingers and swinging and that whole lifestyle on TikTok. And it seems, you know, I'm on TikTok quite a bit. I don't see too many medical doctors on there talking about, sexual things um one because i think it's hard to do that on tiktok and not get banned so congratulations to you to for figuring <laughs> figuring out where that yeah. where that line is but also too i i just don't think i think there's i think there's still the stigma and people are afraid to kind of put their faces out there and talk about um these kind of things you know i have a friend a dear friend of mine dr Caleb jacobson um he's a sex therapist and he talks about how too many sex therapists are becoming sexy therapist, not sex therapist. And I think I have done what I do by being a sex doctor, not sexualizing myself. And I do believe that the Dr. Sex Fairy TikTok account has grown because of that, because I have kept it dignified and I have kept it about the topic, not made myself the focus and certainly not worn anything sexy, not anything revealing. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I have kept it very professional. 
Yeah. And that, it, it probably is a big key to on how you, you know, you're always in your, your lab coats and things like that. I've yeah. seen your videos and you always look very doctory and, you know, that probably is a big reason why you're able to stay on that platform and talk about because uh, it's such education yeah topics yeah i mean i'm boring i look the same in every video but who cares i get (laughs) the message across and i don't get kicked off tiktok so that's a good thing yeah you found like the happy medium there yeah Mm -hmm. i guess my next question is why do you think you know you've had the success on on social media you've had the success now with your podcast why are so many people interested in what you have to say Why, why are all these things going viral why why is america and the world um so interested in what Dr. Sexfairy has to say. Well, first, thank you for that. <laughs> um, I think what's happened is that I have taken sex and sexuality, kept it very dignified. I don't say certain words on my podcast. Like even my, my episode, uh, which is one of my most successful, actually, about how to get big dick energy. I, I was a little conflicted about that. Not that I'm trying to be, um, you know, very vanilla. The thing is, I don't want to use non-medical slang. Mm -hmm. My podcast is not boring. It's funny in many ways. It's very entertaining sometimes. And I talk about, you know, important topics, strong issues, but I do it with some elegance. And I feel that more people are able to listen to it. People who might've felt uncomfortable with some of the other lingo on some of the other podcasts you might find today. And I've kept it where they get fact, where they get some entertainment, some humor. Um, And I think that's been a very important part of it. Even on TikTok, I talk about important topics, but I do them with some fun. For instance, I once talked about how fast semen comes out of a penis because people ask me, they say, my semen isn't coming out as fast. How fast is normal? Well, not that anybody's sitting there literally timing it, (laughs) but they ask me these questions. So, so much of what I do on TikTok comes from my real world experiences with my patients And because my patients are coming to me from all over the world, the questions can be really quite funny sometimes. What's normal to an American is not normal to somebody from UAE. What's normal to somebody from UAE is not normal to somebody from India. I mean, everybody's normal is different. So I think when I answer these questions on TikTok, people all over the world say, oh, I wanted to know that. And then they share it and then they save it. And I think that's where the account grows, when they share it with people. And that's when it turns into a movement. All right, you can't leave us hanging. How fast does semen come out of a penis? <laughs> Do you know the answer? 28 miles per hour, my friend. 28, wow. 28 miles per hour. Wow. It's pretty, I don't, I don't know if that's, you know, it's, it is fascinating. It's, I don't know yeah. if I would guess well, high, faster or and, slower. And the thing is, that's why I think the pullout method's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very, that's a great point. Yeah, you have to move pretty quick. <laughs> Can you pull out faster than 28 miles per hour? I guess is the question, right? <laughs> Well, there are many babies to prove that it can't always be done. (laughs) All right. All right. So I think what we're going to do now is take a little break. And then when we come back, I want to get into specifically um, talk about some of the treatments and things that you're doing and kind of how you've uh, revolutionized um, some things in sexual health. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, guys. We here at the Swing Nation Podcast are proud to partner with Promescent. Listen, guys, we've all been there. You're having a hot night with a hot chick, maybe a few hot chicks, but you need to kind of delay the time before you pull that trigger. That's where Promescent comes in. They have this awesome product called the Delay Spray. You literally spray it on, and it delays the time that you orgasm, so you can make sure that your partner is well taken care of. 
And as swingers, we're all about making sure our partners are well taken care of. And Promescent Delay Spray is the perfect product for that. Click the link in the show notes below to get yours today. Anxiety can cause ED. Like the kind you get while watching your partner with someone else. You're having the time of your life, yet are having stage fright. Most men in the lifestyle use prescription ED medication for this reason. Shameless Care should be your provider. Shameless is less expensive than other companies and has a 50-state network of physicians who are lifestyle-friendly. Use coupon code TSN for $30 off. Shamelesscare.com. The Swing Nation podcast is proud to announce an official partnership with SDC.com. SDC stands for Seek, Discover, Connect. And with over 3 million members in over 50 countries, it's the world's largest lifestyle community and a great place to link up with open-minded couples, singles, and kinksters from around the globe. Whether you're just starting your lifestyle journey or you're an old pro, SDC has something to offer you. With chat rooms, live cams, groups, and blogs, there's always naughty fun to be found. SDC.com also has expert advice, professional articles, and entertaining content to enhance your erotic lifestyle journey. With information about parties, events, clubs, and businesses, SDC is so much more than just a hookup site for swingers. It's truly an epicenter that can keep you plugged into the pulse of the lifestyle community in your area. We personally love the website's ease of use and amazing customer support. They have supported us in our podcast and giving generous donations to our charity fundraising efforts. So if you're looking to connect with like-minded people, click the link in our show notes and sign up for SDC using our affiliate link and receive a full access for 14 days completely free. Make sure you join the Swing Nation SDC group and send us a message. All right, guys, welcome back. We appreciate you listening to our sponsors. We love our sponsors. We do. We're going to get Dr. Sex Fairy hooked up with some sponsors. And we're talking about that on the break. <laughs> um, all right. So if I, I read through your website um, in, in, in pretty good detail. And, and you're promising things like bigger penis sizes. Uh, he t- showed me some pictures. Tightening vaginas, better orgasms, um, lasting longer in bed. And, and a lot of these things that you're talking about doing, it's without any surgeries. Uh, a lot of them are without ongoing um, prescription medications. Um, and I read through that and I'm like, how is this possible? Right. Like this sounds like, you know, people always say if it sounds too good to be true, there's no way it's true. Um, have you, I mean, do you, I'm sure people ask you like, how is, you know, like this sounds too be good to be true. There's no way this works. Um, what do you say to all of that? I say, look at my Google reviews. They're five <laughs> stars. I have very happy patients. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at some of the pictures and I was completely shocked. Like I was like, wow, that's, a lot bigger. Dan kept showing them to me last night, and I was like, I'm impressed by that. And I have some men who are bigger but don't want their pictures released. I mean, it's really quite sad that they won't let me put their pictures up mm-hmm. because some men are really pretty epic. Yeah. But I have some celebrities who come, some public figures, and I get it if they don't want to release their pictures because sometimes, you know, people will tag their pictures and have their identity revealed. I don't do that, but definitely we need to upload some more pictures. And you're right, Dan. You often do think that if something sounds too good to be true, it, it usually is. But in my case, I don't make promises I can't deliver on because my reputation and my integrity mean more to me than any credit card swipe at my office. So when it comes to what I do, I guess I'll break it up into a few different answers, I suppose. 
because there's so many different things you mentioned. So let's talk about the penis size situation. Now, research has shown that men want bigger penises. And sometimes I get some backlash online about how I'm promoting dysmorphia or something. But no, I'm not. I refuse to take that blame because men want bigger penises. That much is fact. Research has proven it. Also, I hear a lot of nonsense about how it's the motion in the ocean and, you know, other stuff like that. It's not (laughs) penis size. It's how you use it. Yet, research has also proven that the average woman wants her man to have an erect penis length of 6.3 inches. If she's in a, you know, short-term, overnight, kind of one-night stand situation or something casual, she actually wants a bigger penis, not by much, but 6.4 inches. The average man is 5.1, erect. So clearly there's a gap there. I didn't make that gap. It's how it is. So men want to be bigger and their women want them to be bigger. So everybody wants a bigger penis. And I came at it thinking, I am never going to do a penis implant because as a cosmetic surgeon, I know how terribly invasive that is and how much can go wrong. Now, I'm not saying that there are some men who don't need it, but what I'm saying is for the average man, a penis implant is not the way to go to get a thicker, bigger penis. There are other things that can be done. For instance, I am using PRF therapy. So I'm taking your blood, you know, centrifuging it, you know, doing my thing to it, and then putting it into the penis and helping your penis be thicker, developing your own collagen. How come nobody else thought of that? So that is something that is very basic to me. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Perhaps I think differently, but I think that a penis implant is pretty damn invasive. And another thing that men don't think about is that when they put in a penis implant, depending on which one they put in, uh, even Panuma, and you know these ones, I mean, Panuma could come sue me for this, but sue me, I say, it'll give me a lot of publicity. (laughs) Uh, So I have a patient who, and he's a well-known singer. And uh, he's in his 60s and he comes to me and his complaint is, Dr. Bava, I got this Panuma. I went to this doctor. He gave it to me. But the problem is my girlfriend doesn't like giving me blowjobs anymore. So the issue is that she can feel the ridges of the implant. So he wanted me to soften those ridges so that firstly, he wanted me to take it out. I said, well, no, no, no. You go to the person who created the mess. I'm not doing any kind of putting in or taking out of implants in my office. And the other thing is I do only services that are done in my office. I don't go to a hospital anymore. I'm done with that madness. So he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go back to the doctor at all. So I said, well, then I guess we're going to have to do an enlargement over your uh, penis implant. And that's what we did. So we softened the edges. We made him even better than he was with the implant. And now he's a happy man. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I've looked at, obviously I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know anything about this, but I looked through a lot of your treatments and it seems like a lot of them use this, this, uh, PRP platelet rich plasma or platelet, platelet, platelet rich fibrin matrix and, and these kind of therapies. Can you explain to us a little bit about just what is that and how does that work? And, and are there studies into this and is this a proven science or is this, you know, are you on the cutting edge of this? I've, you know, it seems like what I've read is there's just not enough. seems like a lot of the studies say, yeah, there's some promise here, but there's just not enough information. Um, 
what do you say about all that? And or are you developing this as you go? Kind of what's the story behind all these treatments? So platelet-rich plasma is when you separate your blood. So basically a regular blood draw from your arm. And then we put it into a centrifuge. Not every centrifuge can do this, but we put it into a centrifuge. We spin it out uh, and separate your platelet-rich plasma from your platelet-poor plasma. And that has growth factor in it from you. We often think that babies have all the good stuff. And as we get older, we're chopped liver, but we're not. So we still have growth factor. We still have stem cells. We still have within us a lot of what it takes to rejuvenate ourselves. And I feel that PRP is not necessarily all it's cracked up to be because it's very watery and it stays in the area only for about a day or so. So I do a more concentrated form of it called platelet-rich fibrin matrix. It's still injected liquid because it has to be liquid to be injected, but it you know becomes more of a gel once it's injected. And then it stays around in the area from the data I've read for about a week instead. So instead of a day, you have that good stuff in the area for a week. Now you do the math regarding the rejuvenation. So that's why I inject PRF, not PRP. Now, is it something that's as studied as Viagra? No, it's not. Because it hasn't, this kind of therapy hasn't been done that long. Dentists have done it a lot longer than we have. Dentists have been injecting PRP into your gums and your, your mouth for a very long time. And they really were the, the pioneers in this. And we are only now catching up in medicine. There isn't enough data on it. There isn't enough research being done on it because there isn't enough money in the research. Yeah. So that is very interesting to me. So that, I guess, what kind of things can be done with that PRF treatment? Um, I know we talked a little bit about, you know, some of them, but it seems like, like you're saying, it's you inject this stuff back into your body and it, it, it kind of rejuvenates various areas of your body and you can... It does. I mean, I have a complete rejuvenation medical practice. So I do hair restoration, facial rejuvenation. I do body contouring. I do penis enlargement, vaginal rejuvenation. And I tell you, I am using PRF in just about every one of those. So if you look on my website in my gallery, since you've been there and you look under hair restoration, you'll see a lot of people with thinning hair or bald patches. And now they've come back with fuller hair. And PRF, exosomes, I'm doing all of that. And I'm putting PRF and exosomes into penises and vaginas as well, having incredible results. Yeah. And I, I saw uh, Lacey was particularly interested in the uh, the not peeing yourself. Um, yeah, I do that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Incontinence is a major problem. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I call it the silent pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people are talking about erectile dysfunction. They're talking about other things. But what happens is that, you know, urine is embarrassing and women are embarrassed to talk about it. So nobody wants to talk about the fact that they're dribbling urine as they laugh or sneeze or walk around. Women don't want to tell other people that they have to run to the bathroom before they leak all over themselves. So this is a problem that can be solved. And, you know, bladder meshes, bladder things that, you know, you see all these recalls coming out, all these problems and lawsuits why don't we do something simpler? I am doing such great work with CO2 lasers. Now, people hear CO2 and they think about burns and whatnot, and oh my God, this is horrible. Yes, I am creating a surface burn. There's no doubt about that. But let's not kid ourselves. 
anything that is going to transform you is going to be disruptive. So as long as I know what I'm doing, how much energy I'm putting in, and how to do it without causing that damage, I am going to cause some damage so that your body can fix itself. So with a CO2 laser, like the kind we use, we are not using one of the old older CO2s. We're using more of a newer generation, which causes less damage, but has more rejuvenation. You know, this technology, it's not one size fits all. Not every device is the same. So we do that. We literally rebuild the inside of your vagina. And we are causing change to happen that previously you had to get surgery to get done. And even then you weren't getting it. Also, we have the world's only radio frequency microneedling device in our office. So that's another way to do this. So depending on who comes into my office, what they need, I am doing a very unique combination therapy on most people. So I'm using CO2. I'm using vaginal radio frequency microneedling. I am even doing non-surgical labiaplasty because I am against surgical labiaplasty, one of the most popular plastic surgery procedures in today, today's time. So why don't I do it? Because I don't think you should have to cut your tissue and lose sensation for the appearance of it. Because, you know, porn stars have this pretty little tight little uh, labia, vulva that just looks almost prepubescent. It doesn't even look like a grown woman's external genitalia in most cases. So women think that they have to cut and, you know, go through invasive surgery. And you can't, if I'm, if I remember correctly, I think the downtime for a surgical labiaplasty is eight weeks of no sex. So not to mention the loss of sensation and all the other things that can go wrong. And I've had people who've come to my office complaining about it. They, They know I do a lot of rejuvenation and PRF therapy. So they've come to me saying, can you bring sensation back? Sometimes I can, and sometimes they're too far gone. So I don't do that, but I can do the same thing non-surgically. So that's a game changer. And so depending on the woman, we are able to do multiple treatments for incontinence. We can even increase pelvic floor strength now. So previously you could only Kegel, right? You're Kegeling till you're blue in the damn face at a red light. Cause that's what they tell you, right? <laughs> Kegel yeah. at every red light. So yeah. every red light, I look around and I'm wondering how many of these poor things are, are Kegeling right now. <laughs> and it doesn't do a whole lot for you. I mean, a little bit perhaps, but even if you do it perfectly, it's not going to solve the problem. So now I have a device that can literally Kegel for you. And I always say it's not the lazy woman's Kegel, it's the smart woman's Kegel. (laughs) Because when you get it done, Lacey, I'm serious. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you'll come to my office at some point. Yeah. So when you come and you get it done, you'll see that it almost startles you initially, not because it hurts, because you're like, what the hell was that? Oh, that's what a Kegel's supposed to feel like. Yeah. So you can imagine that now, because of all this technology and my skill and the way I combine these different treatments, because you can have all the machines and still be a lousy doctor, mm-hmm. but my experience and the way I'm combining it, that's the game changer. So the promises I make are actually pretty valid. Yeah, that's it's so interesting. I think you know, I had no idea that any of this stuff even existed. In, yeah, in, and for a, a man, Dan, I mean, you're a man and, <laughs> you know, you aren't at the point yet where, you know, most men are starting to see major problems, but do you know that 20% of men in their 20s have ED? That means two out of every 10 men in their 20s in a lineup cannot get it up. 
Yeah. And well, and this is actually leads to my next question. Uh, you know, so we're swingers. We're, we're, we're very public about being open and, and being in a swinger lifestyle. And ED medication is extremely common. I, I would say I it's like rampant in the swinger lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, gotta everybody. Be 80 to 90% yeah. of the, the men that we know in this lifestyle take it. And, and you know, we you know, obviously we almost encourage it to, to people that ask us about it. Yeah. Uh, because in this situation, you know, you picture going to a, a club. Um, you have a bunch of you know strangers. Maybe they're watching you. Uh, you're interacting with newer people. Um, you know, it, it can be hard to, to you know performance anxiety is a real thing. So you know, taking some Viagra or something like that to kind of get you over that um, that performance anxiety hump. Um, it seems to be very beneficial to people that we've talked uh, to in the lifestyle. Um, I've talked. You know, we talked to you prior to this recording, and you said you you no longer will prescribe. Uh, Viagra or Cialis um, because you think there's a better method. Can you just talk to us a little bit about what that is and how that works? And that's a great question. In fact, I have never prescribed it. The reason I don't prescribe it is because, again, let's go back to my previous life in the ER as a doctor running down the halls of the Cleveland Clinic and you know different hospitals I've worked at over the last two decades. And priapism or the erection that won't go away is a real thing. Initially, when men get that erection, they're like, damn, I hit a home run. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, shit, it's not going away. Oh, it's starting to hurt. Oh, my God, it's uncomfortable. What do I do now? And they usually are so embarrassed. They don't know what to do. Sometimes they have a spouse. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they tell someone. Sometimes they don't. They may call their doctor. Doctor may be sleeping and the answering service may or may not connect them. Doctor may say, okay, go to the ER. By the time they come, they're embarrassed. They don't always tell the triage nurse why they're there. They just, you know, it's 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 very common in the ER. They won't always tell the nurse outside why they're there. When I go in or another ER doctor goes in, that's when the truth starts to spill out layer by layer, like an onion, peeling an onion. But with this thing, they won't tell. Now, time is penis, I always say. The more time you have an erection, the higher your chance of permanent, permanent impotence. So... Sometimes men would come to me well over 24 hours after their erection had begun. Now, no matter what, those people will need a penis implant because there is nothing that can be done for them beyond a point. So I had seen so many men in this situation and some men, you know, I would drain their penises literally of blood in the ER. Now think about how traumatic that is for the couple. Not to mention me, I'm draining a penis. That's yeah, never easy on an yeah. ER doctor. Let that be very clear. <laughs> um, so you do that and you say to yourself, why are we doing this? Why is this happening? And the more I researched it, the less I understood it. Because, you know, Viagra and Cialis work really the same way. They dilate the blood vessel. So the blockage in the blood vessel, let me first start by saying that the number one cause of ED is vascular problems or blockages in blood vessels. So the reason Viagra and Cialis works so well in many cases is that they dilate the blood vessels. So they have done nothing to fix the blockage. They simply let more blood flow through. So think about the pipes in, in an old house. You can change them. But what's happening is that you can't change your pipes. You have to do something to fix them. Viagra and Cialis, even Trimix, are not fixing them. They are simply putting band-aids on the problem. And over time, people use these and they work less and less. 
it's not that the body gets desensitized to the medication. What happens is, and people I think really do think that, that their bodies just don't react as well. The body's just not sensitive enough to it. Maybe they need to take more. But what's happening is that over time, the blockage has grown and nothing has been done to fix the problem. Now to my little brain, I just couldn't wrap this around my head that why are we doing something that's not fixing the problem, that's giving people a false sense of security, and that is potentially so damaging, especially for the swinger population where a lot of it is recreational. A lot of these men don't need it technically. They're doing it because they have to perform over and over and there's performance anxiety. So why are we giving such a dangerous drug? Now, I have seen sex therapists on Instagram, TikTok saying, oh, these are incredibly safe drugs. Okay, perhaps, you know, I, I don't know the exact percentage of priapism, but the thing is, I don't know that anybody does because not everybody's reporting it. How many people do you think are actually reporting this? Certainly when they came to the ER with it, we weren't reporting it to anybody. So where are they getting these statistics from? It is more common than anybody wants to believe. So that was never going to be my way. Instead, I decided to do things that would fix the problem. I'm a fixer. I like to fix the damn problem and get on with life. So I decided I was going to use shockwave therapy, and I do it differently than the average physician does. And that's why, in our case, we have the Bava Wave Protocol. And we do it, we cover more areas, we use different intensity, we, you know, are having such great results with it that we started doing it in women. We did not start it with women, but then we thought, why aren't we doing it in women? And so we started doing it in women because, you know, flow is flow. It doesn't matter if it's a penis or a vagina or anything in between. The point is you need blood flow. So we started optimizing blood flow in both men and women because look at women, less lubrication over time, more incontinence, you know, all of those problems that come. So we started strengthening the vaginal area just as much as we were strengthening the penile area. And so that helped blood start flowing. And when there's flow, you grow. Yeah. When, I think that, that, could, that should be on a t-shirt or something. When you, <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, you flow, you grow. Yeah, we yeah. actually met someone a year or so ago that had taken too much medication and ended up permanently dam damaging his nerves. And he had to have a penis pump Um and so ever since then, we've kind of been advocates as far as don't take something that doesn't belong to you, because I think that kind of happens pretty often in the lifestyle as well, swinger lifestyle. People will like pass out their body. Right, I don't have any. Can I borrow some of yours? And there's people kind of swapping medications sometimes. I mean, yeah, it definitely happens. I mean, it I definitely happens. I don't like to say that, but it definitely does No, it happen. does. I think it's important to say that. And so it is interesting that there's other methods out there that, that don't yeah, necessarily take medication. There's also the Bava shot where I am taking, now people often ask me about the P shot. I am certified in the P shot. One of the few doctors in the world that really are certified in it, but I do it differently. And my way is different because I numb differently. I use PRF. I'm doing um, also other things that I'm adding to it, depending on who the patient is and what they need from exosomes to even Botox. Uh, so we're doing some pretty wild things. And we are actually changing the penis. We aren't just putting a temporizing treatment on it or a measure of some sort that's just for today, tomorrow, a month. We are rejuvenating you. And one of my patients said to me, he said, so doc, basically you're telling me that you're giving me a younger penis from the inside out. And I thought, well, that's unique, but he's right. He's got a good point. 
yeah, I, you know, there's, that's always a good idea to have a younger you know, penis. Yeah, younger penis. <laughs> uh, so, you, you know, on that subject, uh, we get asked all the time, you know, at what point in time are you guys going to stop uh, being swingers? Um, we do get that. We go to different resorts, different parties, different, you know, <laughs> events and things like that. And, and we see couples that are, you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and it seems like they have an active sex life. Um, you know, is there, it, you know, is there an age out of, of sex? Is there a point in time which people um, can stop? And then it sounds to me like some of these treatments that, that you're offering are kind of maybe a way to, to extend that time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I should tell you about Jim and Cindy. Their story has made headlines around the world, really. So Jim and Cindy came to me um, a couple of years ago, I guess, at this point. So Cindy came to me first. She was 70. She had been in a very sexless marriage for many years, and then her husband died. So she had not really had sex in a long time. Now, Jim used to live in Las Vegas, and they met on some online dating website, and they started to have sex, but not very good sex. And she came to me first, and she wanted vaginal rejuvenation. We did a few different treatments on her. I also did the barber shot on her because I do it on women as well. She became so orgasmic and had such a top-notch vagina that it made Jim think. And Jim wanted a piece of that. So Jim came. And Jim was 69. So Cindy's a cougar. And uh, when Jim got his treatments done, he actually did a YouTube video with me afterwards wearing a t-shirt that said, Beyond Legendary. And he said, that at 69, when people would ask him when he last had sex, you know, his friends were basically meant saying that, thinking, how many years ago did you last have sex? Jim said, I have a lot of fun because I look at my watch and I say, what time is it now? <laughs> I love it. I yeah. want to be that couple. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. Cindy came on my YouTube channel and it's also called Dr. Sex Fairy. She came on that and she said, she's having three minute orgasms. Now I say more power to you, sister. <laughs> so at no point are we, or should we compromise in that sense? I don't think we should give up on life. I don't think we should give up on pleasure. And yes, for our parents' generation and those before them, they didn't have these tools. But in today's day and age, why would anybody give up on themselves, whether it's their looks or their vagina or penis? There's no reason to anymore. I think there's a lot of swingers out there that are going to be very, very happy to hear Dr. Bawa say that. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, because I think, I mean, I, I think that's right. I think, you know, a lot of these swingers that, you know, they're finally in the stage that they're open to being, you know, exploring and having, you know, more fun sexually. And uh, I think they're just always kind of fighting against that, that, that age clock and, and, you know, balancing that. So knowing that there's treatments out there that can kind of rejuvenate some of that, uh, I think swingers very, come to me. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. going to be very interesting. To yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of my podcast episodes is called swinging into more sex. It's one of my swinger patients who talk about, uh, who talks about how great his swinging life now is. Mm. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest questions that we get when we go on TikTok live or anything is, what happens if you can't get it up and what do you do if somebody else's penis is bigger than yours? So though, I mean, obviously people care about those, the subjects mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. That's especially men. I think those are like the two things that they yeah. care so much about. So it's nice to know that there's options out there. 
Absolutely. I'm not doing anything surgical except for hair transplants in my practice. So I am managing to increase penis size and I'm using a combination of PRF and hyaluronic acid. None of that is alien to the body because your body does make hyaluronic acid naturally. It just makes a whole lot less over time. Your body has growth factor. Your body has stem cells. We're just optimizing what is very natural to the body. It's not permanent, but it's not short-term either. And then with the way you can do the bava wave and the bava shot, um, you are truly changing your insides for the better. No band-aid situation. It's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we're getting close to time. Is there anything that you else that we didn't get to share yet that you would like to share uh, with the Swing Nation listeners out there or the, the swinger community as a whole um, coming from Dr. Bawa, coming from Dr. Sex Fairy? Well, I would tell the swingers that it's time that they got better help. I think whether they come to me or whether they find somebody locally who can do some of the things we do, though I think we do them a whole lot better. <laughs> um, I think they need to start asking their doctor why when they get that Viagra Cialis prescription. Because doctors are too complacent in today's uh, times, I think, also. Um, and they have just taken it for granted that this is how they're going to treat their patients. I mean, there's a real problem when an Ivy League institution is sending me patients because they don't have the tools to fix it themselves. Yeah. So I think that we need to start asking why. Uh, another question. Are insurances covering this treatment yet? Where, where is the, what's the status of that? Unfortunately, no. I no, don't think yeah. insurance companies think it's important for you to have good vaginal health or good erections. Right. So that sounds sounds like an area you'll you're probably be doing some advocacy in because, you know, it seems like if there's you, you can do more of an all natural treatment that, that doesn't require an ongoing prescription, that would be. I would think beneficial to insurance companies as, as opposed to keeping people on prescriptions for years and years and years. I agree. But you know, the thing is nobody's thinking of it preventatively. I always say that prevention is so much better than rejuvenation because when women come to me in their twenties and thirties and they've had one child, two child, two children, um, the thing is improvement done at that time is worth it's weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Not that I can't help a woman in her 50s, 60s, 70s, but if you start early, it makes a real difference in how your tissue ages. Yeah. No, that's interesting. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, all right. So if people want to find you and all things Dr. Sex Fairy, where, where should they go and, and find out about you? Well, they can find my podcast, Dr. Sex Fairy, just about anywhere podcasts are found. They can find me on Instagram at the real Dr. Sex Fairy, on TikTok at Dr. Sex Fairy, Facebook Dr. Sex Fairy, and my website, drsexfairy.com. All right. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. We know you're busy and uh, are a hot commodity out there. So we, we thank, thank you for sitting down with us. And we, we look forward to uh, um, you know maybe seeing you more in the future. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great discussion. Thank you. All right, I think with that, in a world full of apples... Be the pineapple. Be the pineapple, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 
If you've enjoyed our podcast and want to support us, leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you want to see more of our content, you can find links to Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans, and more in the show notes. Come join the conversation with us and other Swinger content creators on our Swinger Society Discord server. If you have questions or feedback, email them to us at theswingnation at gmail.com. Make sure you head on over to theswingnation.net and keep up to date on all things Swing Nation. We thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.